Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crossroads of Destiny. I would say it's been a while, but for you guys, it technically hasn't been a while because you would have just received episode eight last week. But it's been a while for us. It has been. Not a while since we've seen each other, but since we sat around the recording table. I don't think we recorded at all in October. I think we took a bit of a break. Just a little bit. It was just scheduling. Stuff was hard. Especially because I had a secret project that I didn't tell anybody about. Very sneaky. And it took a lot of my evening time, which is why you guys went without an episode for a while. Uh, But we're back on track, at least for the time being, because you guys are very near to having your child, second child. We are a lot nearer than what we thought, too. Yeah. So they they want to deliver him at 39 weeks Mm -hmm. instead, which isn't terrible, but it's a lot sooner. So coming up soon. Uh, but we're knocking a few episodes out of the way now, and then hopefully by the time we need to get more, we'll have settled maybe just a little bit yeah, and get sure. in, gotten into a routine at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully. But, but before we start talking episode stuff, I did want to talk about my secret project mm-hmm. because I was really happy with it. Yeah, nice <laughs> yeah. it's really good. Thank you. So everybody hopefully has seen it by now. If you check the Twitter feed for the show, if you check my Twitter feed, if you check our Instagram feed, you will have seen that I dressed as Avatar Aang for Halloween this year. Ooh. And the costume was handmade and it took a lot of time. And a lot of fabric, and I know how to sew now, but I didn't before embarking (laughs) on this project. No. And also, I have joined the uh, Bald Monks Club. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) It looks good on you, too. You really pulled it off for the Avatar costume. Yeah, it was uh, Legend of Korra era Aang, and so I had the chinstrap beard that he has as he appears in that show. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking of Legend of Korra, I haven't told you guys about this yet. I watched (laughs) Legend of Korra. I've seen the whole show now. You sneaky, sneaky man. Yeah. So the last episode we recorded, I admitted that I hadn't watched all of Legend of Korra yet. And I instantly regretted saying it. I was like, okay, I got to fix this (laughs) because here I am hosting an Avatar podcast and I haven't watched everything the show has to offer. And so I I fixed that. And that's largely what I did while I was working on my costume. Nice. Nice. We're super impressed with your sewing skills. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, that's two, two big pieces of news that I wanted to just sort of drop there. My Halloween costume turned out great. I still have it hanging out in my hallway mm-hmm. in my apartment and I like looking. No, we were with you and a couple people were like, oh my God, are you Aang? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. So anyways, sorry for the delay, but hopefully like the, the visual of it was worth it. And now we're glad to just be back onto things. So yeah. uh, with that, we are moving on to talking about this week's episode, which is Book One, Chapter 10, Jet. It was directed by Dave Filoni, who you'll remember also directed the first couple of episodes of the show. And he continues to direct many episodes of the show. And it was written by James Egan. It aired on May 6th of 2005. And this is another animation effort by JM Animation. Here's our summary. After being tracked by Zuko again and again, Sokka, who considers himself to be the leader of the trio, decides to follow his instincts and forces everyone to walk to their next destination rather than fly Appa around. Unfortunately, these instincts lead them straight into a Fire Nation army camp, but they are rescued by a teen named Jet and his group of young freedom fighters. Katara falls head over heels for him, but Sokka, not so sure that Jet should be trusted. So... Do we have any sort of smaller moments or funny things or just things that we enjoyed about this episode that don't have a whole lot to do with the greater story? I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed that. There's a lot of like just hijinks in the in this episode. 
you definitely see like the irony of them walking to avoid the Fire Nation and then literally <laughs> stumbling into a Fire Nation yeah. camp and like straight away. Uh, yeah, like there's no hesitation. It's very spot on kind of campiness. Um, yeah. but and I always appreciated that. So that was something I enjoyed. Just, uh, another aspect of the show that I, I enjoyed seeing in this episode. And you have Aang being both the the optimist of the situation, but then reminding us how much of a kid he still is. Yeah. Where he's like, walking won't be so bad. And it immediately cuts <laughs> you. Walking is the worst. <laughs> I kind of like how Aang took a little bit of a backseat in this episode. That's true. I mean, we did, we'll talk about it more about his role, I guess, on why Jet was so insistent on them staying. But yeah, it didn't, this seemed like an episode where it wasn't totally Aang focused. Hardly at all, really. He didn't even talk very much. Not very much. No, just no. his little comedic relief moments. Anything else that sort of stood out? Yeah, I guess you can almost say, well, besides things always happening to Sokka, that in terms of characters, their like, storyline switched for this episode. Mm -hmm. Sokka was much more the main focus, was primary in terms of dialogue and where things were, like where the, the storyline followed. And mm -hmm. Aang was more of the... Com comedic relief throughout the show right which is kind of the opposite of what we've seen in the previous couple episodes plus th this episode i was just thinking kind of has a little bit of a cold open like what you would get from the office <laughs> but this was one where it sort of ties into what happens later where at the beginning you have momo chasing a bug and then oh look some lychee nuts and he falls straight into a trap and they, they let Momo down from the trap and Momo's super nonchalant. Oh, like, I'm just going to continue eating these lychee nuts. Thank <laughs> you. No big deal, I guess. And then Sokka's able to use those later to escape a situation. So it's like a little moment that pays off later. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that sort of stands out as far as like funny things. But really, we talked with Melanie's predictions last episode. She had no clue what this was and nor should she have mm -hmm. had any clue because jet is like the most non-descriptive title yeah, after stuff like yeah. the winter solstice avatar roku yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the waterbending up. scroll I mean, I mean i wonder what's the focus of the waterbending scroll <laughs> <laughs> that's fair I mean, but to, i mean to be honest the episode was about jet we just didn't know what yeah, jet was there's no context it, yeah, for it was, a, it was, a, pr yeah. it was a, uh, a proper noun so it was just like cool who is that or what is that so mm -hmm. I didn't even remember what my predictions were, but you wrote them down. Are yeah, you sure? We'll go. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, we can't we can go over yeah, it just so, real quick. I mean, yeah, it looks like it wasn't too extensive, but mainly in terms of who or what Jet is, we have either a previous avatar or a waterbender. Mm, swing and a miss. <laughs> so that's that's going to be two strikes on that one. Well, I do have or new companion, and I think it's fairly clear at the end of the episode that companion will not be added to his resume no okay all right <laughs> for an episode sure. at least they were in cahoots mm -hmm. on stuff That's true. Mm -hmm. yeah and we got to meet a whole other cast of weird characters you had character names like smeller duke. bee and the duke it's yeah. the duke the, oh forgive me <laughs> my and, and uh pipsqueak pipsqueak Pip his name is hilarious the extra um team members felt very teen titans kind of me like <laughs> and the long shot i wanted to make sure we mentioned all of them that was the last one i don't think we'd said long shot yeah and i was just like it was very like especially growing up in the kind of nickelodeon era when this was airing like this was old teen titans not teen titans go where you had robin who was just super serious about everything mm -hmm. and then beast boy 
and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see some parallels. So, I was, like when we first introduced them, some of their some of the artist art styles kind of reminded me of them. The team names and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was just like, oh, that's kind of weird. I think Teen Titans is Cartoon Network. It is Cartoon Network. Okay. Yes, yeah, it was no, around the same just, era. Though. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Time. Yeah, not necessarily on the same network, but no. When they were first introduced, I was just like, it's kind of reminiscent of of Teen Titans, and that's yeah. that's what kind of caught my attention when they were first introduced. And I mean, the the fact that they have these nicknames, probably. I mean, I think it's safe to assume it's likely that these are nicknames, not the names that their parents so. were given to them. Yeah. I mean, I would hope uh, so, especially since we've met so many other characters already that don't have. Yeah. But my point being is that these, this is a group of freedom fighters. These are kids who have no other home. And so by coming up with nicknames for each other, they're finding identity with each mm-hmm. other. Right. And that's, that's what I wanted to point out with Very that. Very much Lost Boys vibes. Yeah, Lost Boys for sure. Yeah. I was thinking, kept thinking of Robin Hood. That's all I kept mm-hmm. thinking in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his Merry Men. So we already talked a little bit about the, the general gist of the episode. Sokka has decided to follow his instincts and force everybody to walk rather than fly around on Appa. And you know, that makes sense. We talked yeah. about back in winter solstice, how obvious Appa is. Yeah. There aren't any other flying bison. Yeah. The earth nation person randomly coming up to Aang. I thought that was the avatar. I saw your bison flying. Yeah. And so it makes sense in theory. He's just really unfortunate in that it does immediately lead them to fire nation people. But I, before we get to that, I wanted to ask who is the leader of the trio? Is it Sokka? Is it Aang? Because he's the avatar. Is it Katara for her own reasons? Is there a leader does there need to be a leader that's a lot of questions but do we have answers to any of them i don't think they're they've shown that it doesn't really need to have a leader at their little group because i think they kind of come to consensus i mean obviously they disagree but i think ang is t- definitely okay with not shouldering another responsibility mm-hmm. um so he's probably okay with not being considered the leader that's why he was like no i'm just a kid he's like he's right um and Katara, Katara's like a little baby. She's a little yeah, baby well, too. I have a theory in the sense that all of them have leadership roles in the sense that you like, when you look at the most powerful, you're going to look at the avatar and the one who's going to, in all intents and purposes, move the, the plot along, like where mm-hmm. their next location is going to be, is going to be about where Aang needs to go. Then you have the warrior aspect of Sokka who wants to be the leader in terms of protecting those around him mm-hmm. and then you have Katara who's this kind of maternal instinct mm-hmm. really empathetic of being empathetic wanting to not necessarily willingly just give control over to Sokka because she knows Aang also has points that need to be made and so having that kind of empathetic and wanting to guide people to a decision doesn't necessarily make her a leader but that would be a leadership quality so collective i think it's very much so a collective there isn't a leader they all have their own forms of leading Mm -hmm. that are important to where the group goes and what the next decision is but no i don't think there's a leader i agree at least at the start of the episode but what i think that this episode shows us is that even though he makes mistakes, Sokka is sort of the accepted leader of the group. Yeah. And we, we can build to that as we talk through the plot. So Jet shows up as they walk into this Fire Nation army camp. And I mean, he's smooth. He's a capable fighter. We have 
Sokka instantly jealous because, hey, here's another fighter. I mean, it's, it's flashbacks to Suki, except he can't fall in love with this one. <laughs> <laughs> he could, I, in theory. <laughs> he could. But he's not going to. He, right. He's got Suki for that now. But it, it's another situation where he's jealous of somebody who appears to be a better warrior than him. He even gets a couple of knockouts stolen from him throughout yeah, the fight. Yeah. Take his so, thunder, poor thing. Yeah, and everybody is... In everybody in this Freedom Fighter squad is a capable warrior, and they all have personal loss at the hands of the Fire Nation. So in that way, they all identify with Katara and Sokka. You would think they would have that sort of mutual feeling between them and that that sort of respect and camaraderie instantly. But Sokka still isn't super trusting of Jet right away. Do you think there's anything that that lends to why Sokka would be so distrusting right off the bat? Or is it purely jealousy right, no, right away? No, I think it's because he f- sees through his charm. He sees through how like all of his, everybody is like so enthralled with Jet. And he's just like, no, why? What has he done to really show that he's worthy of our admiration or I don't know. I just felt like he was too pushy in the beginning. Whenever they first went up to the trees, that's what I felt like. Do you think that Sokka maybe sees how much Jet is enjoying fighting the fire nation in that first fight? And it's sort of off putting to him because I mean, we've seen Sokka's eager to prove himself as a warrior, but I don't think it's because he thinks fighting and knocking some fire nation heads is fun necessarily right uh, i mean there has been a quote before about something like knocking out fire nation I, i'd enjoy that i really would something to that effect yeah but i i still don't think Sokka's is in the the warrior aspect of things for the fun of it whereas jet is clearly having a great time right. taking out this army camp so you have like yeah you have Sokka who will fight and Jet, who is looking for a fight. Right. And that's very much proven in the sense that Sokka stumbled onto this situation and f- the very situation he was trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. He didn't want physical altercation. Right. While Jet was literally in the trees, camped out, waiting to fight these people. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. I think the, in, the initial admiration from the rest of the group comes from the fact that he got them out of a sticky situation. Mm hmm. But I also feel like there's this very kind of subtle power move that Jet does, where as soon as he actually starts talking to Team Avatar, he like immediately kind of puts them down. And that's like, it's a form of manipulation. It's like, thanks for your help, I guess. Like, y'all were, y'all were all right. Giving compliments to Katara and Aang, because that's how he knows that he can get control of them. Mm-hmm. And then once he has control of Katara and Aang, Sokka will either have to follow or be exiled. Like right. that's all it's mind it's, games. Yeah. It's all mind games. Manipulation. He, he does it from the get go. And I think that doesn't sit well with Sokka for many reasons, mainly mm-hmm. because they've already been burned by readily trusting people. We're only 10 episodes in. They've already been burned a couple of times by readily trusting people. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to avoid a fight and he's still trying to get Aang where he needs to go. And he sees Jet as definitely an, an aversion from that plan. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think Sokka is a teenager who is outmatched by someone who they've just met. Mm-hmm. And I think that doesn't sit well with him. So I'm not going to completely absolve him of that. Mm-hmm. However, I do think there are legitimate reasons right. that Sokka is distrustful for when it comes to Jet. Right. There is a funny quote I wanted to point out 
where Aang says, you just took out a whole army almost single-handedly. <laughs> and Sokka says, it wasn't an army. It was only like 20, 20 guys. <laughs> 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 so he, he impresses and manipulation is the name of the game. That was like my next point yeah. is that we see immediately how Jet is able to manipulate Aang and Katara. Katara is head over heels. She Doesn't has a crush. Doesn't need to be manipulated. No, Katara no. is so thirsty in this episode. <laughs> it is the worst. Gone. She is gone. Like the minute. It and happened. then Aang likes the praise. Yes. He's like, oh, you're the avatar. Nice. And he's like, thanks, Jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm cool too. <laughs> yeah. And he even manipulates Sokka a little bit. He, he starts to kind of win him over. He's, Sokka oh, says, yeah. we're going to go pack and we'll, we're going to leave tonight. And he says, but oh, oh, I mean, I really needed you for a mission tomorrow, Boom, Sokka. Immediately turned Sokka. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, so. Until, it, you know, the, the actual thing happened. But, yeah. And Sokka's even able to show off a little bit in this instance because he he does have that trick where he sticks his weapon in the tree and he's Mm -hmm. like listening for the vibrations and it works. It shows that only one person is approaching. And so it's not like a gimmicky thing that doesn't end up paying off for him. He's saying, look at this trick I have. I'm proving myself to (laughs) be worthy in the situation. But that ends with them attacking an elderly Fire Nation man who's just casually strolling through the forest not okay. they knock out his staff that he's clearly relying on to walk through the forest and when Sokka stands up for this guy and says listen he's just a civilian he's not doing anything we don't need to do this to him he didn't deserve this jet's response is remember why you fight did the fire nation show your mother mercy mm-hmm. no she didn't they didn't but does that make every Fire Nation member, not Fire Nation Army member necessarily, but Fire member. Nation person member worthy of this humiliation in one sense and then just disrespect and fighting and violence and all that kind of stuff? No, it doesn't. And Sokka is the only one in this group who tries to stand up for this guy. Yeah, it was a total low blow with him bringing up his mom. And that's what he was doing with Katara. It wasn't him wanting to get to know her. He was looking for information. In. Yeah. Information to use to make them think the way he wants them to think. That said, I don't doubt that the Fire Nation took his parents from him. No, absolutely. It's just warped his sense of justice. He went from helping to vigilante mm-hmm. to the worst sense. Mm-hmm. You either die a hero or oh my God. <laughs> live long, long enough. enough to become a villain. <laughs> okay. Yes. Accurate. Yes. <laughs> then the next level of manipulation, Sokka says they, they get back and he's completely done at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Aang, Katara, you are coming with me. We are leaving now. This is what happened. They just took down this innocent man in the woods. We can't be around Jet. He's messed up. And then Jet's like, but look, this dagger that we found on the old man. Completely They were going to assassinate me. Yeah. Totally paranoid, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's completely paranoid. So not only a warped vision of what's actually going on with, like, with the Fire Nation and why he feels the necessity to attack anybody just from the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. He comes up with these, like, crazy ideas. Is like, oh, no, they've been after me for a while. He's, like, completely paranoid. Yeah. I mean, they, they have been nuisances for sure. But there was that quote after taking out the Fire Nation camp when they were celebrating around the fire in the trees that night where he says, the Fire Nation doesn't worry about a bunch of kids in the trees or something like that. Should they be? Something yeah, to that effect. Like rallying yeah, rallying yeah. team. Yeah. It's weird. And so Katara and Aang decide, well, we're going to stay and we're going to help Jet a little bit. Jet says, I need you for one more thing for tomorrow. They're, the Fire Nation is planning to burn down this forest. So I need you guys to waterbend some extra water into the reservoir. And that way we have the water needed to 
to put out the fires so that this valley doesn't perish. Mm-hmm. And they fall right into it. Yep. They help out. Yep. And we see from behind the scenes that it's not as innocent as we or they would like it to be. They are planning to destroy the dam once the reservoir is full and just completely wipe out this Earth Nation town that the Fire Nation took over a few years ago. And so, sure, yeah, we're going to knock out the Fire Nation from the valley, but there's not going to be anybody else in the valley to free. Mm -mm. That's such a a twisted version of justice. I don't... I don't... What did it cost? (laughs) Oh, my God. Everything. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So it's such a twisted version of justice. Like, I'm trying to get in his head and understand how he sees this as okay. And... The only thing I can think of is that he just sees violence against Fire Nation, period. Mm-hmm. Whatever the cost, worth it. Yeah. Period. That's it. And so, yes, this will get rid of the Fire Nation. They're gone in this part of the, the Earth Kingdom. But that, that's it. I mean, everybody else is going to be gone, too. Yeah. I feel like with how kind of sneaky they are, if he really wanted to, he could have infiltrated the Earth Kingdom town and been like, Hey, don't tell the Fire Nation, but y'all need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. All y'all need to take vacation real quick. We're going to get rid of the rest of them. Or something. Something. But he didn't. He was just like, wipe it all out. Right. Yeah. He wants to fight violence with more violence. Mm-hmm. It was probably because nobody showed any mercy to his parents mm-hmm. and any of the other people that are part of his little tribe. And they've all been indoctrinated too long by Jed and his manipulation to even really question you. You saw Sokka ask the rest of the team, like, how are y'all okay with this? And he goes, well, Jet said it was what we needed to do. End of thought. Like, that was it. That's the next thing I was bringing up. He says that they just basically do everything Jet tells us to do, and everything turns out okay for us. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But what about all the other people you're affecting with what you're doing? I mean, because the only thing that I can see, well, no, he gets rid of all that, too. The only thing, what I was about, about to say is, like, just like at the Fire Nation camp, like after the raid is done or after they're done getting rid of the Fire Nation, they get the spoils. So they get to keep whatever is Oh, left. yeah, because they were going through the camp and right. mm-hmm. they and found so the jelly like, candy. Maybe and- that's what he was anticipating on. Like he has all these other like lost boys to, to take care of. Mm-hmm. Is he going for the resources of the town as well? Is, is that maybe some ulterior motive? Like. But then I was just like, but everything's going to be washed away. Like, you're not like, there's, there's nothing left after the fact. So that, that was kind of gone. I think it too. goes back to the point that you made earlier, or one, I can't remember which one of you said it. He just, he likes the, the fight. He likes the violence of all of it. So for him, it's probably not about any of the loot that they would probably get. It's probably because he just, gets just gratification from Nation. seeing the Fire Nation be taken down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. When Katara realizes they, they've, they've finished filling the reservoir, oh, we're done early, let's go see Jet at the reservoir, he'll be happy to see us, I'm sure, even though he had told them to go yeah. back to camp and wait for them there. Well, they see what's going to happen, after all, and that moment, that realization that washes over her, that Sokka was right, that Jet's about to do this awful thing, and that he's potentially done something awful to Sokka, all washes over her all at once, and she cries, and... They have that extensive fight throughout the trees. Engen and Jet does uh, trying to keep 
Aang's staff away from him. And Katara's the one who finishes it. She, she, oh, yeah. She violently attacks him once they reach the ground and freezes him against a tree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wanted to mention, we, we pointed this out while we were watching. I think this is the first time we see Katara's little water satchel that she keeps on her yeah. waist so that she always has water at hand. That's what she uses to initially attack Jet in this episode. Yeah, th- th- that heartbreak of realizing that Sokka was right, that they don't know what's happened to him, mm-hmm. and then having to watch as this town is destroyed, not knowing whether Sokka was able to prevent any loss of life mm-hmm. that that moment is really heartbreaking for us as viewers because we we literally watch this wave come and crash over this town and we don't know immediately if this is just like the cost of things and like we, i mean we've seen this show deal with heavy things at this point yeah. it's, it's entirely realistic that these people could have all just been killed and we were meant to learn something from it thankfully we see that Sokka was able to obviously we saw him escape in the episode and he did make it to the the town in time to save them and right. you, what what saved them was his compassion for that old man mm-hmm. who vouched for him said this isn't a spy i i believe this man let's let's trust him and let's 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 find our way out and so there's a big lesson there over showing compassion to people and mm-hmm. right. not grouping everybody into the same category just because of where they live or where they're from or anything like that. And I want to go back to, I don't remember the episode, but it also had to do with the earth kingdom when Katara and the earthbender Haru, Haru, um, saved the old dude. Yeah. Imprisoned collapse. So that was a sense of compassion that backfired from someone they expected to trust because they saved an earthbender who knew Haru. Right. And here we have the opposite Mm. where you're expected not to trust this fire nation guy, even though he's, he's a similar old man in a compromised situation. And because of how he's dressed and how he's appearing to us, we're already inclined to be like, Oh, he's going to go back just like that old man did in imprisoned. And he's going to rat on all of y'all. And y'all are done. Mm-hmm. And instead, we see that despite that prejudice in some way, he actually ended up saving the entire village because that led to a, a connection between Sokka and this old man. And so I think it's important that this show kind of redeemed the fact that you cannot know who to trust in this world. Mm-hmm. And you cannot expect by just how they present themselves that you can, you know, say and do whatever you need to them. But the answer will always be compassion Mm -hmm. because they could not have let that man die in in the mind collapse. And Sokka wasn't about to stand there and let them beat up, beat up this old man. Mm -hmm. Yes, they had to deal with the consequences after the fact, but the consequences would have been far worse should they have not chosen to be compassionate in that situation. Right. I agree. For sure. So they have rescued the people from the town. I they have stopped Jet. He's frozen you against did. the tree. And Jet's response is, Sokka, you fool. We could have freed this valley. And Sokka says, who would be free? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone would be dead. I mean, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta realize what exactly you were talking about doing here. And Jet's response to that is, you traitor. His clapback is, no, Jet, you became the traitor when you stopped protecting innocent people. Boom. And what I love in that instance is that Sokka 
Sokka doesn't respond with anger. No. Jet is very angry. Yeah. Sokka says, no, you became the traitor when you stopped trying to protect innocent people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost a disappointment. Like, you could have been... You could have been who you claimed to be. Again, these people are cut from the same cloth. They yeah. came from the same background. They both have losses at the, from, from the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. And now Sokka and Katara have teamed themselves with Avatar and are aiming for the greater good, yeah. the defeat of the Fire Nation. And Jet thought that that's what he was after, but he was going to kill a lot of people in the process. Because I think what Sokka sees in Jet is where his life could have been. Mm-hmm. Because you know... From previous episodes, Sokka has had similar thoughts about the Fire Nation. Anytime he comes across the fire, he's ready to go. He's like, let's go. He's not looking for the fight, like Mm -hmm. we said earlier, but he's not about to stand down to the Fire Nation because he's had to watch it happen so many times Mm -hmm. and had to deal with those consequences so many times and has lost half of his family because of all of that. Right. So he's not about to let it happen again. But he has chosen with that background to do something about it, which is what Jet has done as well. However, he went the opposite way. He went the opposite way with it. Right. He he abandoned the fact that he was trying to help. He's he went from trying to protect people, which is what they needed, to going on to the offensive and literally becoming what he was trying to protect people from. Right. And that's what I think really doesn't sit well with Sokka. And you see that disappointment and you see that resolve at the end of the episode where he's just like, no. Yeah, never will no, I become that. You could, you could have chosen, you could be doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. but you're not. You could have done what you wanted to do and stay true to that, to that line, but you chose not to. You're making decisions and manipulating these people to make those help you with those decisions that are costing people's lives. Manipulating those kids into joining him in this lifestyle that is ultimately destructive. Exactly. And so who knows if we'll see any of these characters again, we can hope that they will learn from Sokka and not from Jet. They'll see exactly what the cost of what Jet was going to do was going to bring. We'll see. So I, I have two like big takeaways from this episode. One, it's wrong to take out the bad guys if it means taking out the good guys or innocents too. Mm-hmm. And then two, instincts aren't always right. <laughs> A leader doesn't always have to be right as long as he or she admits when they're wrong and can learn from those mistakes. And Sokka shows that at the end of the episode, they're flying away. Yes. And he's like, yes, it was my instincts that took me to the town rather mm-hmm. than to the dam to try and stop anything. Those were his instincts that he followed. And then, oh, Sokka, by the way, did you know you're flying the wrong direction? And sometimes <laughs> they're not right. Sometimes they're not right. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay. But Sokka is, we, we've seen him still growing. Follow them. It's, so, it's important to still follow your instincts because mm-hmm. they're going to lead you where they need to go. And so that was my point earlier was that by the end of the episode, Sokka has proven that he, he can be followed because mm-hmm. even if he doesn't always get it right, he's going to learn and he's going to make it a better choice or follow a better path for the next time. Mm-hmm. And I love these growing episodes for Sokka. Mm-hmm. I think we get, a couple, we get a couple more throughout the series. We've already had one or two mm-hmm. where he's just is, you, you know that he's been kind of secluded from how society really works. And so every time that he's exposed to something new, he either has to stay true to himself or grow into a better form. Right. And I think we see in this episode, he doesn't necessarily grow into a better form, but he could, because he's choosing to stay true to himself, he sees that there is another opportunity out there. And he's like, that's not for me. Right. So that leads into the final part of our episode where we talk about Melanie's predictions for what's coming next. The <laughs> next episode is titled The Great Divide. What do you think? 
Mm. It's not a Land Before Time reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Land Before Time 3 or something. I don't know. <laughs> Two or three. There's like 13 of them. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know where the Great Divide is. Okay, so the Great Divide, maybe that is going to give us an explanation on how come the Fire Nation is so against the other three elements. Okay. So you're talking about like the initial... What happened? What what everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Fire Nation's backstory. They're obviously flying on Appa now instead of walking through a forest. Do you think that will lead to anything? bump walking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> probably Zuko coming back. Okay. See Zuko again? Mm-hmm. You'll probably... We haven't seen him for a little bit. Yeah, we saw... Well, we saw him in the waterbending scroll. We were introduced to a whole gang. Do we see anybody there? Do we see... What do you mean? The Freedom Fighters. Yeah, the Freedom Fighters. Do we? Do you think we see them again? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything basis to go no, off I of know. that. I was. Just, I was just asking, like, like, you know, there's a whole cast of char- characters that we were a just introduced to, and b have been introduced. Well, to so in the far past. we haven't gotten any recurrent characters that have been introduced as of yet, besides like Zuko and Iroh, and like the from their man. little uh huh, the Cabbage Man. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cabbage Man has come back. That's true. Yeah. Um, but like no, these fair. little no, minor I, I, characters. I saying, yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't had any of them come back yet, so there wouldn't be no indication for me to. So, any thoughts on what might coming might be coming next? Um. Well, I don't know. Homeboy needs to get on. Like, I don't know. Learning things. Yeah. yeah. We're kind I mean, of. We just see him waterbending a couple times in this episode. So, I mean, after yeah. starting to learn waterbending in the last episode. Episode, he's still continuing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're six months though, so like. Yeah. Well, we know that they're heading north still. So, um, the the water nation up north is still the the end goal, not right. the ultimate end goal, but the current end goal. Mm-hmm. Correct. But uh, yeah, that's what I got. Okay. Well, we'll jot those down, and we are again recording a few episodes all in one go, so we'll, we won't have to wait long to see how right you were. Yeah. That'd and be nice. uh, that is the end of the ninth episode of Crossroads of Destiny. Uh, contact for the show you can find us everywhere at x roads pod on both facebook twitter you can go to apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review we would super appreciate that we haven't gotten one in a while and that's how new podcasts get discovered so do that share it with your friends if you're enjoying what you're hearing uh, you can email feedback or ideas directly to us at xroadspod at gmail.com and if you would like to leave a voicemail we would love to get more we had that one from last episode and we want to hear from more of you so you can call 3145-YIP-YIP. That is 314-594-7947. If you keep it around a minute or less, uh, we are highly likely to include it on the show. Just give us something good to talk about. We'd love to have some theories or uh, some thoughts on upcoming or past episodes. Uh, if we miss something or if you like something, just give us stuff to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Melanie, where can people find you online? They can find me at MelanieAmanda44, and that is on Instagram. Okay. And Andrew, as you all know, does not use social media, but he's keeping an eye on that x Pod Twitter account, and you can also reach him through both of us. You can find me on Twitter at Chadadada, that is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. Uh, my other podcasts are The Cinescope Podcast, which you can find at Cinescope Pod or TheCinescopePodcast.com. That's a movie show where we talk about the movies we love and why we love them. And then there's An American Workplace, which was another TV show podcast where we talked about The Office, every episode of The Office. And that has been finished, but uh, we're still releasing a few more episodes of bonus content on that show you can find it on twitter at workplace pod or workplacepodcast.com and show notes and contact information for this show everything we just went over can be found at xroadspod.com 
Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time in episode 10 when we get to book one, chapter 11, The Great Divide. Bye. Yes. Awesome.